ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Good afternoon, Brother David. How you doing over there? Take your time. Hello, Shannon. Okay, let's test Hello? it now. Can you hear me? Yeah, just putting me earphones on. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about now? Yes. Audio good? Yes. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. You're coming through perfectly. How you oh, doing today, enough. my friend? Yes. Oh. Well, praise well, the well, Lord. Well, how's, how's things on your way? Well, um... Family and recovery. We have been hit once again with uh, some kind of viral or bacteriological infection over here. It's never ending, Brother David. Maybe that's the cross yeah. I have to bear and live it over on this cursed island. Well, it does say that uh, in the last days there'll be pestilences and famines, pestilences, deceptions, and all sorts of things, and nothing that has uh, not been prophesied, isn't it? Boy, that is the truth. And we have been uh, applying prayer. And the use of antibiotics. So, praise the Lord. We're hitting it from both ends. <laughs> well, well, that's good. You, you're getting through. Well, good that you're getting through. Some people don't get through it. Some people died, and it's very sad. Absolutely. Many Christians died in the COVID time, didn't they? Dear me. Yes, sir. Thousands, thousands died. Maybe even millions, uh, true numbers yeah. told. And uh, I am thankful to be alive and family to be here today. Um, yeah. How about you on your side? How are you doing? Oh, me on my side, we're okay. I've just come back from. Uh, I've done a. I've been speaking at a three-day conference, just a small conference, um, um, with a church from London, and um, and uh, the, it was. The, I was there's like a big conference center where there's many. Um, Many different people and um, different denominations and things like that and sects and uh, religious organizations who take their people and they sleep over for a couple of days and or three days and they have a conference, have teachings. And, and I was there bringing uh, three or four, four teachings to this small church. And, uh, yeah, so I enjoyed that. But uh, I have to say this, I came back so disappointed I mean, not for what I did. I mean, really, uh, one lady, she had the most wonderful miracle. A lady, she was there, she was in a wheelchair, she'd been in a wheelchair for 14 years, she'd been on oxygen for 14 years, she can't walk or breathe without oxygen at all. And, uh, well, I lifted out a wheelchair, prayed for her, threw away the oxygen and she managed all three days with no oxygen and no um, no wheelchair. Wow. That's a miracle, Brother David. Yeah, it, it was a miracle, yeah. Well, I expect miracles. I, I do miracles in Jesus' name. Yes, sure. But I was so disappointed, really, by 
the amount of people that were there and there must have been two or three hundred in some of the meetings and what they're teaching I, I just so the deception that's in the body of Christ that people are preaching and and people they get these speakers and a lot of them uh, some of them are unfortunately American and not and, and oh, yeah. in fact some of these are making ask me to to uh, to pray for them to receive miracles and I said well I'll tell you what I will probably pray for you but uh, you don't mean you're going to do it because Jesus said it all depends what's inside of you when he can trust you or not well amen to that and uh, but you know the teaching I'm, I'm just so fed up with the 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 devil's teaching that's coming in the body of Christ and people only people are sucked into it they're talking about pre-tribulation and mid-tribulation they're talking about a certain person who's going to be an antichrist they're talking about the, the, the temple that's going to be built and don't they read the scriptures I mean there, there is not one scripture that they can justify pre-tribulation or mid-tribulation they can't justify it I agree with you no they, they can't. You agree with me because we spoke before that you would go to pre-wrath. But the people that are preaching it and the deceiving people, deceiving people and people living under false sense of security because I spoke to two of the girls that were there and I said, what are they teaching on? All tribulation, they said. But they said, uh, nothing's going to go bad happen to us at all because we're the church. I, I, I said, and, and American and English, I said, is... Is Christianity then only American or English? Is it is it not worldwide? Absolutely. So, so why do you think uh, English people or American have got the, uh, uh, the monopoly of Christianity? Especially when you look at the fact that there are Christians in recent years who have been crucified, had their heads cut off in Absolutely. places like... Moses and this is what I said to these two ladies I was talking to. I said, you look right back at AD 70. The church, the tribulation started then. They threw them to the lions, they burnt them at the stake, they put them in animal skins, and, and the children in animal skins. And since then, the Catholic Church has crucified many, many Christians and killed them and beheaded them and everything. All two societies and in Sudan today, they've been, just lately, they've been crucifying people. And in Pakistan, uh, you, you'll get, um, uh, probably killed if you've got a Bible or killed if you if you, you can't buy or sell or eat or anything if you don't turn to Islam and I said and don't you realize Islam's growing so fast I said you think Islam is quite quiet now but you wait till they take over and find out what it's going to be like and she said oh I don't want to talk about that I don't want to talk about Islam no problem at all I said well if you put your hands walking um, step by step with the brother and sister who's given their life to Christ the same as you have then who's in Pakistan I want to tell you you're in great tribulation you didn't want to know absolutely North Korea I don't want to know don't don't talk about that I said well the, this and, and the teacher the teaching on this brother David and people are gullible Shannon and listening to it and it made me I, I, I tried to get to, to talk to people but we didn't get to see the leaders and that but but People succumbing to this rubbish because they don't know and the word. And it's deceiving God. the church. If they knew the word, brother David, then they would know scriptures like where Jesus said, "If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you." Yes, yeah, absolutely. But Shannon, 
there's not many people who believe like me and you do. If they knew the there's word of still thousands and thousands that believe in this pre-tribulation and that, and it's just it's junk. It's totally junk, and they cannot justify it by any scripture in the Bible. And if you try to justify it, I'll prove them wrong. Absolutely, Jesus Himself settled the matter over Matthew twenty-four, twenty-eight through thirty-one, where He said immediately after the tribulation of those days yeah after tribulation and when did it say in one Corinthians it said at the trumpet which trumpet go to Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15 it says at the last trumpet absolutely that means the end of the tribulation the last trumpet the, the dead in Christ and we're alive and meet him in there so there's no pre or no mid no it's right at the end but after that and they said, oh, what's going to happen to the people when? Well, the Holy Spirit will be gone. They ain't going to get saved when there's no Holy Spirit around. And the Bible particularly tells us that after that comes the wrath of God. And those who are not saved, it's too late. They're cast into the lake of fire. Didn't Paul say, through much persecution and tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God? Yeah, absolutely. And, but what they say, oh, not the great tribulation. <laughs> don't they realize and they say it it is Satan's tribulation the tribulation is everything Satan is throwing at the church God is not going to put his children into tribulation no God's answer is wrath and it said we are not appointed to wrath so God is not going to put his children through wrath he takes it because he loves his children so he's going to take them out of the way but you see, but people have been taught all this, and the, the danger of it is, believe this is the danger of it. The danger of it is if you teach this other, and then they, um, uh, the, the, the people start to believe it, some bad things come along, and they'll say, God's not real, I'm renouncing Christianity. I'm not, it's not real. Well, and that's, uh, that's where they'll be. Absolutely. Um, you know, the parable of the sower. Yeah, talks about one group where the seed was planted and it says Anon with joy they received the gospel but when trouble came for the gospel's sake they got offended when persecution yeah. came for the cause of Jesus Christ in other words they got offended and what happened they fell away and that's, we had uh, somebody speaking in our church and they, they brought this type of teaching or they were touching on it and and uh, I gave him time to finish and I went on and said we do not believe what this preacher said simple as that we do not believe what this preacher's tried to tell you I tell you what so in other words in other words just kick him out absolutely because they're setting people up brother David to be part of that very great falling away because they're going to get offended when persecution comes for the cause of Christ because they were told there would be no persecution they would be out of here at the on the first flight out you know along with the hurry christian yeah yeah i know i know yeah and it's all wrong and you try to talk to people who've been indoctrinated so much that i think so ain't it sad well they, they, they've got preachers in denominations and bring them in from uh i think the I think they're brought in from America. They were teaching these people, and yes. and but there's some English people yes. there as well, and they were teaching this. Most of it's exported from America, brother. 
And uh, this stuff started back uh, along with the Schofield Bible. And uh, the early church did not hold to this. They knew they were going to have to lay down their lives. Every one of the disciples gave their life for Christ. Uh, yep. Uh, John the Revelator, of course, put on the Isle of Patmos, exiled to prison. But um, if you believe that we're going to get out here before any persecution, then you don't have to talk about the book of Revelation, just how to live your best life now, and then uh, the Lord's coming back, and only those poor saps who are left behind will have to contend with the, the devil, and uh, you don't have to preach repentance. Uh, and I'll tell you what it Lord. does, Shannon, it makes weak Christians. Sure it does, because they're going to be the ones that fall away. You don't fall away if you're lost, you're already falling away. These are lukewarm yeah. Christians who haven't counted the cost and who are not willing, if it required of them, to lay their lives down for Christ. I'll tell you one more, brother. The mark of the beast. Yeah. There are some that are teaching, don't worry. Whatever form the mark of the beast is, if it's the implant in your hand, whatever, as long as you haven't been raptured out, it wasn't the mark of the beast. So take it, no problem at all. Brother, they're going to cause people to take the mark of the beast if we can live long enough. And you know something... If you look at it, it says his name is 666. And I've got a document thing, and it's, it's come from Islam as well, that 666 is the name of a man. Yes, it's Muhammad. And if you don't bow to England at this moment, you won't buy, be able to sell unless you take the mark of the beast. Now, it's like this in Pakistan. If you don't turn to Islam, you can't have any food. Wow. You can't get a job. You can't get a job. You can't get no food. You have to turn to Islam to get food. Now, because that rules. Now, and it's the same in other nations where Christianity is small and Islam is big. And if you don't turn. Now, where particularly it's fundamental now we've got we've got um, England we've got many Muslims in this country and uh, they're relatively quiet at the moment because you know the church is allowing them in and oh let's all be one brothers together and this that and the other they're allowing them in so they seem fairly quiet but next generation there'll be four times as many if there's no more converts you wait till they become the majority and they become the dominant force and the dominant religion of the nation. You'll see if they're quiet then. No, if you don't turn to Islam, you'll get no food. Unless you have the mark of the beast, which is a sign of Islam, and the mark of Muhammad, you'll get no food. Because it particularly tells us in the in the, um, in the Bible, in I think it's in Timothy or one of, I wrote it down anyway, that the sign of the Antichrist is denying Christ. Well, you have to deny Christ. So to accept, it, get food and get whatever, you have to renounce Christianity. You have to deny Christ except Islam and now you've got the mark of the beast it's not I don't believe it's a chip or anything like that because if you did put it in your hand well you can chop your hand off well <laughs> you understand why, what I'm saying that's why they also can put it in the I, I do think they're doing they may do this chip that, but I don't think I don't think it is that it may be continue with that but the main thing is denying Christ because it's what's in your heart you're not saved by what you do sure. in your body 
the uh, if a person has a tattoo it's wrong you can get prayed for but if you deny the, the scripture does say Shannon it says if you if you uh, deny me then I should deny you that's what Jesus said so yes so if you if you're unfaithful God will still be faithful okay so if we're unfaithful God will still be faithful so if we con- if we continue sin God will still be faithful and he'll forgive us of sin if we ask him but if you deny him then he'll deny you and, and I was saying at this meeting the other day sin has been paid for and God will forgive you all your sin I said but can you tell me any scripture when God will dis- will forgive you of your deception there's not any Jesus said do not be deceived do not be deceived do not be deceived he'll forgive you of sin but he do not give you for deception because you know you are following another God you accept you're denying Christ well I agree with you and that's, yes that's what it is there's no way he said he'll forgive you deception and if somebody gets deceived they need major deliverance if they really understand and can be set free this is what happened to me when I was praying with somebody in, in a town in England when I told them that Toronto spirit was a, a demon spirit they said it wasn't but one lady uh, agreed with me and I prayed with her and she was growling on the floor and coughing up spirits and screaming and doing all sorts of things and they said what's up with our friend I said I said she's got a major spirit in her but she's being delivered they said well what's that I said she's been to Toronto and they said well we've all been to Toronto I said there's nothing wrong with that I said well you look on the floor that's what's wrong with it just look at her you can see it and they didn't like it absolutely now you need major deliverance if you've been in it and the problem is Shannon there's so many churches in England who riddle with it and nobody's casting out the demons nobody's talking about it they're all going sweetly on their way and I do believe that the church will finish up in hell and those who are unbelievers who come in the last minute accept Jesus on the deathbed will be in heaven I tell you what I agree a lot of people yeah uh, that we thought would not make it will come in at the end and uh, many that did run well what did hinder them that they didn't finish the race you know yeah. when I was in the uh, early church of the 70s and 80s growing up I'd go to my grandfather's church when we were in the area and I remember back in the 80s he was pastoring up in northern Virginia and there were a couple people there that you know I knew you know 30 plus years ago that I decided yeah. to look up on Facebook and one in particular who was a Sunday school preacher, a uh, Sunday school teacher, excuse me. I was shocked to find out that he had uh, divorced his wife, he had turned gay. And I looked in on some other people. And it's like, uh, what happened to some of these people? They were on fire for Jesus at one time. They did run well. What did hinder them that they could go so far uh, and now this guy's headed for hell if he does repent. Well, so, that's true. And then they need major deliverance as well. People, I've just been. I've just sent you a little short video of this lady who's been healed and given a testimony. And 
you can see it and I'm just uh, talking to her now I said to her I said you've had this um, been in a wheelchair and oxygen for 14 years how many times have you been prayed for and in London she said I've been everywhere the people prayed for me she said and I said and but I'm still on oxygen and still in a wheelchair so I said yeah how many times she said oh numerous 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 times I said, but you're not healed. She said, no. I said, well, I only just spoke to you and prayed with you, and now you're healed. She said, yeah. I said, what's the difference then? Can you see I'm teaching different? Absolutely. To what you know? That's right, Brother David. And uh, back to the, the man I have in mind that I looked up, and he turned gay. What happened to him? I'll tell you what happened. He never got any deliverance, because the church we grew up in did not do deliverance, as most churches don't do deliverance. How is it then yeah. that others prayed and the lady was not healed? The uh, yeah. the church has some big issues out there. We're not doing what Jesus Christ did. We have thrown out a yeah. good uh, yeah. quarter of his ministry. And you know what? They're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching repentance from sin and getting ready to endure through the greatest tribulation of all time even war on the saints you know it says uh, here is the patience and the faith of the saints here they that overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony love not their lives unto the death and brother David unless the Lord comes back or takes us home early we're probably going to live and die with our boots on and could very well be numbered among the multitudes that are beheaded but I want to throw something in the conversation that uh just for consideration now it could be just like you laid out but here's another option Islam I always thought would be the ones that would be cutting the heads off of Christians because that's what they do they execute they behead people they may very well but then I got to thinking there was a Chechnya uprising in Russia led by some militant Islam and Russia totally squashed it Russia does not put up with Islam same with China. They have the Uyghurs over there. And there's like yeah, a million do, yeah, yeah. that they've got, and they put them in concentration camps and kill them. Neither China nor Russia, the two greatest superpowers in the world, um, tolerate Islam. So yep. what I'm thinking is how would Islam be able to get an upper hand over China and Russia? just doesn't seem possible right now. But then I got to thinking, I'm not saying that... Um, Islam isn't going to be a force to be reckoned with these last days, but maybe it's not them who behead at all. I did a little bit of research, and of course we know that the French, uh, they had a love affair with the guillotine. The last person they guillotined was like 1970-75 or something. But even more than that, during World War II, Hitler beheaded many people. They had guillotines. They, he beheaded like 40,000 people. They also use gas chambers and the like. Now, we've got this wicked group up there, this cabal, headed by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. His father was a uh, a Nazi industrialist. Uh, He actually ran camps uh, during World War II for Hitler. So this Klaus Schwab is forthright, in my opinion. What if it's actually a rebirth of the spirit that was inside Adolf Hitler... And it's the Fourth Reich at the helm. 
and they just pull out the guillotines like they were using in World War II already. China will use them too. They also have mobile trucks where if uh, you're convicted of a crime, they have a judge right there, sentences you to death, and they just pull you in the back of this van, and they um, take your organs right out there. It's like a mobile organ harvesting van. I mean... Um, it might not be Islam at all. What if it is the German the, the, Nazis? Well, the way I see it different to that, and I know what you're saying, is that uh, the Bible is a spiritual book. And uh, the Christ jobs are now there, the people who want to control worlds with money, things like that type of stuff. But it, it's not a spiritual religion, and it's not denying Christ. Now, um, regarding Islam, Islam is very quiet where they're in the minority. But when, remember when ISIS, when, uh, with the time of ISIS, when uh, um, they were in the majority, is the Islamic State, many English and many Americans would just had the head chopped off. They weren't just extremists, they were proper Islam, Islamists, because the, the, the Quran says you shall kill the unbeliever, kill the, those, the imposter, those unbeliever means those who don't believe him except Muhammad. So they're doing right by, they were the only real Islamic people. And when they're in the majority, this, this Islamic state which will rule, now, in England, for instance, they felt it relatively quiet, they alongside Christians and everybody else. And, but the church also are into, into faith. So rather than be scared of them, the church had decided to join them. I think better to be on their side than, than, than not. And you know, if you join yourself with evil, both of you are evil. God can't accept evil and think you shall be um, holy. If you accept anything evil, it makes you evil as well. So therefore, um, joining in uh, does not make you uh, still a good person. It makes you evil uh, because we've contaminated the seed and, and God's seed. And... Uh, this is what's happening with, with the churches. And I can see, like, for instance, in England and in America and in places like that, in Spain and things like that, and some of the Western nations, not so much Brazil so much, but it's getting worse. But England has something like 1.5 children. And I think America has a sim similar 1.7 or something like that. And, and others, because they're not cutting down on children. But in Islam, they have 8.1. Now, that's four times as many. Because in England, they've got more than one wife, probably four. And whether they're married to them and not, they have sex with them and they have children with them. So now, the law of averages will tell you, uh, without anything else, in the next generation, there's four times as many. So... That's four times as many as what they are now. And then also in England, we have many, many, many people coming in from other nations across the, because they want to live a better life in England rather than in Sudan or we've seen it today. Many have been killed in, in, in the boats and things like that. 
and and nearly all of them that come over, I would say three parts that come over, you wash them in the boats, they come in every day, every day, every day, and uh, we're having to house them, they're taking all the money, they're doing all the, uh, we can't get L service, because they're the ones who are taking all the L service, and now we're having to build houses, because we we can't just uh, put them in a, a pen, or something like that, and we can't shoot the boats because I say it's not right. So therefore, we, we even pick them up if the boat's gone down. So we bring them into into England, and nearly all of them are men, and they all Islamic. Brother, we're in trouble. And so we've got all that growing as well, and it's coming and coming. It's probably happening in America as well. It's all coming. It's coming. It's coming. You can see it coming. Look, we got six. And while it's while it's quiet, they're quiet. But wait till, uh, well, till it becomes a major thing in England. Fastest growing religion by far in England and Christianity. The reason why Christianity why it's so small, which is so sad, people don't know what is truth. Everybody in Christianity is teaching something different. I've just written a book, Shannon. Yes, sir. And uh, it's called "What Is the Church to Do with God?" Wow. What has the church to do with God? Because I, uh, I've been thinking about doing it, and I've just, I've just uh, published it. I've just done it, and uh, the um, there's not many different denominations and uh, sects of Christianity, and there's really hundreds or not, and everyone believes something a little bit different. Well, basically, I said that if if every one of these are Christian and every one of these are from God, then God is a schizophrenic. Because they've all got different teachings. I mean, for instance, evangelical church, they don't believe in healing. They said when somebody gets healed, it's from the devil. The Pentecostal church says if somebody has a demon cast out, it's called doctrines of demons. Um, we we have some that say communion has to be real wine some say it can be any sort of wine or not, some say baptism it, uh, it, it has to be full immersion some say no it don't matter some say uh, it can just be a little cross on your head and some say this and some say the other and all sorts of things through Christianity some say the Holy Spirit uh, some churches and the big denominations so the Holy Spirit finished at Pentecost and uh, there's no need for the Holy Spirit after the King James Bible was written so some believe that some believe you should uh, you can have worship or some believe you shouldn't have worship just like the, uh, the Church of Christ in America they don't believe you should have worship and other churches want to worship and some people have worship gone over the top and some people say there's no problem having tattoos in the music group and some people say it's a bit abomination and and, and and I could go on and go on and go on I've listed them all it's confusing now if yes so when the ordinary man who's not saved at all you try to tell him about Christianity say well what do I do what's it right so they come along and say oh as long as you believe that Jesus rose from the dead that's good enough but as soon after that the next step you make after that you move into deception well the demons believe Jesus rose from the dead but they're not yeah, saved. absolutely, yeah. So you can see, I've been thinking about doing this book for a long time. What has the church, to do, the, the church, the established church, to do with God? Brother David, God and forbid. And I want to say, quite honestly, I think nothing. God forbid someone receives Christ, and then they go over to one of these 
mainstream denominational churches where they yeah. are putting lesbians and homosexuals in the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah, that's listed as well. That's all listed as well. Some are changing the Bibles because it don't suit the homosexuals, so they're changing the Bible and having a different Bible. It's it's just going on and on and on everywhere. It's everywhere and everything. And it makes it so, so disappointing with somebody who tries their hard and you can't get over in a big time over to people. And I just somehow wish I could just really reach the world while I'm alive what God what is the truth because it but it's getting harder and harder all the time because well, the evil is getting worse and worse and worse but saying that we've got a meeting today and at least I can speak the truth on Amiga Man Radio Amen so that's what I'm going to do today you know Jesus said will Amen. I find faith when I return that really yep. is making a lot of sense right now because it's getting dark out there, to your yep. point. Brother David, over to you. Take it away. Yes, well, I may. this might be a, a topic that Shannon talks on, I don't know. But today my message is, just speak my word. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, Genesis chapter 1, 11 times in Genesis chapter 1, God said. I'll just quickly read them. Verse 3. God said that there be light. There was light. Verse 6. God said that there be a ferment in the midst of the waters, and that it divide the waters from the waters, and it was so. Verse 9. God said that the waters of the heavens be gathered together, and it was so. Verse 11. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and the herb of the field, it was so. In verse 14, then God said that there be lights in the firmament, and it happened. Verse 20, then God said that the waters abound with the abundance of living creatures, and it was so. 22, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply, and they did. Verse 24, then God said that the earth bring forth the living creatures according to his kind, and as we know, it happened. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And it was so. And that's what we are doing here. Verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And that's what we're all doing here today. It happened. Verse 29. And God said, See, I've given every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and we're having that every day when we eat our food. So, nine, eleven times in the Gospel of Genesis chapter 1, God said it came into being. Now, I do just want to go back to one of them, because it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Image means reality. And likeness is it from the Hebrew word demot, which means spirit. Now, everybody living, living in wherever they may be, whoever, everybody living have come out of this. But Adam and Eve, oh, somebody's trying to ring me. Tell them to tune into the show. It's no, 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 I'm ignoring <laughs> it. No, I'm ignoring Okay, I'm switching off. Excuse me. 
I have to say this. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The word likeness means spirit. Now, Adam was made in God's likeness. But then Adam sinned. And all these people living in this uh, altered lifestyle that we're talking about, and however wrong sexually they are, they say that we're made in God's image. God made us like this. And I want to prove to you that God has not made you like that. God made Adam in his image, but in Genesis chapter 5, Adam had a child, and he says, I'll read from verse 2. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind, and they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own image after his own likeness and named him Seth, a fallen creature, separated from God. So mankind at that moment is no longer in God's image and likeness, they're in the image of Adam, separated from God and going to hell. So now to the garden. And that's the same with everybody. So for somebody to say, oh, God made me an homosexual. No, God did not make you an homosexual. Sin has made you an homosexual. Sin has made you transgender and everything else. But Genesis chapter 1, God spoke and it came into being. Now in John chapter 10, verse 27, it said, my sheep hear my voice. So if you're his sheep, you'll hear his voice. And he wants to speak to each one of us. Mark 16, verse 18, God said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said it. It should happen. I believe it. Some will wish it to happen, but the public, don't, it don't happen for them. Well, you've got to ask yourself, why? Matthew 8, verse 8, Jesus said, uh, it was a centurion who came to Jesus, he said, just speak your word and I know my servant will be healed. The servant was poorly back at home. He said, just speak the word and he'll be healed. And you see, he said, I'm not seeing such great faith even in Israel. In 2 Kings chapter 5, I'll read this scripture. Because uh, um, it's a, it's a long scripture. So, so I'll read it. And 2 Kings chapter 5, it's about Nahum and uh, and Elisha and we will pick it up in verse 1 chapter 5 verse 1 now Naom commander of the army of the king of Syria was a great and honourable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria he was also a mighty man of valour but, but a leper and the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel she waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Then Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus says the girl who is from the land of Israel. 
Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, Now be advised when this letter comes to you, that I have sent Naaman my servant to you, that you may heal him of his leprosy. Now it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I a god to kill and make alive that this man sent a man to me who healed him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider this is how he wants to seek a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. He's a prophet, not a king. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood by the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him. He said, Go and wash in the Jordan River seven times, and your flesh will be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Surely I'd... said to myself, he will surely come out to me and call on the name of his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy? Are not the Anabar and the Parfa, the rivers of Damascus, better than all these waters in Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleaned? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near him and spoke to him and said, My father... If the prophet had told you to something, do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he say to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, and his flesh was like a little child's, and it was clean. You see, what happened? He just, Naaman just said, go and wash in that river seven times. Naaman expected some sort of red carpet thing. He wanted trumpeters, he wanted bands, he wanted something special or something. And he just said, go and wash in that river. He, he, he didn't even come in his, out his house to meet him. But he just spoke the word. Now, Naaman, he didn't like it, but it, it, it got healed, as we know. Now, Elisha couldn't do everything he wanted. And sometimes, like Christians, we can be presumptuous. Because just a little bit before that, in chapter 4, we see this little girl, sorry, a little boy, that, that um, he'd prayed for the family before, Elisha had, but now the child had died. And it says in uh, chapter 4, verse 31, Now Gehazi went ahead of them and laid his staff on the child. You see, because he said the child is dying. So he rushed off and, and he sent his servant Gehazi with his staff. and said, you go quicker than me, run and put this staff on him, and then he'll live. But he went and put his staff on him, but the child was not awakened. He was still dead. You see, God did not call him to lay his staff on. He called him to him to be the conduit, not his staff. And then Elijah came to the house where the child was lying dead on his bed, and he went in, and the thing is, he fell on him and stretched about him, and then he came back alive again. Now, you see, Elijah was presumptuous in that area. 
Here, he actually showed a lack of faith and God was unhappy with him. Because he said, the child is dying, so rushed off. Now, what did Jesus do when they found out that Lazarus was dying? Jesus waited another three days to make sure he was really dead. But he had to send his... uh, uh, this man of God, supposedly, he thought he'd have to rush off and send his staff before the child died. But if God's called him to do it, it makes no difference. He'll still raise the dead. Because Jesus waited three days to make sure Lazarus was really dead and in the tombs and stinking as well. That is called faith. You see... What I'm saying to you on this program is, it's the word plus the anointing, both combined. Remember Moses, God says uh, the children of Israel got no water. So God said to Moses, what's in your hand? He says, strike the rock. And water came out. Then further on, on the travels in the wilderness, there was shorter water again. So what did Moses do? God said to him, speak to the rock. But he got his rod and he struck the rock. God did not tell him that. And because of that, God was about to kill him. And he would not let him in the promised land. Because God said, speak to it. He showed lack of faith. God, it was a man anointed, showed lack of faith. He said, speak to it, and water will come out. So, where does that leave us? You see, when we prophesy, we can break bondages. Many times, if we're doing, if you've got mass healing, in a church or a congregation or something, you don't go around laying hands on everybody. You just speak to the powers of darkness over everybody and break the power in Jesus' name, and everybody gets delivered by your word. Same thing happened to me. When I spoke to the Mormon church, it closed. I said, this day you're closed, and it closed. And when I shut down the occult shops in the town, I said, this day you're going to be closed, and it closed. Town centre cafe, stopping and preaching the word. This day you're going to be closed, and it closed. But I want to say this if you're going to prophesy over something, you've got to do it publicly. You've got to do it publicly, really, straight to the people's face. Eyeball upon eyeball, this day you will close. Now, that takes faith, and it takes also courage. But that's what God is looking for. Maybe people pray about things, but nothing happens. They want to pray behind the doors. They want to be hidden somewhere. But you know, you have to challenge whatever is in your way. This is stopping it. What God tells you to do, they've got to be challenged, as far as I can see, face to face. Now... Again, if we look, see, if we don't, it shows, does it show any faith? But if we do it publicly, it shows faith.
Now, John 18, verse 1 to 9, and I've got a scripture, and I don't know what it is, so I'm going to turn to it. I forgot what it was. John 18. Da -da -da. Praise God. John 18, verses 1 to 9. Let's see what this says. 18, 1 to 9. Oh, yeah. Then Jesus had spoken these words. He went out to his disciples over to the book Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Who are you seeking? Jesus spoke to them, Who are you seeking? They answered and said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then they asked him, whom are you seeking? And he said, Jesus of Nazareth. Then he said, let these people go. But did you notice, when he said, I am he, they fell down, fell backwards. That's when the clash of spirits was. When he challenged them face to face. When he said, who are you seeking? They didn't fall down. But when he said, I am he, down they went. Why? Because God spoke against the devils and down the went. And we see a lot of these things. We notice again it is in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John was written for Christians. Matthew, I've said it before, was written for the, for the, um, the Jews. Uh, Mark was written for the Romans. Luke was written for the Greeks. But John was a spiritual gospel. It's written for the Christians. Only in the Gospel of John does it say you must be born again. Only in the Gospel of John does it say blood and water came out of his side. Because the blood is only for, for, the, for the believers. So here we again, we see now, this is again in the Gospel of John. For the, the church. Well, coming to conclusion with this uh, message, so where does it, we stand now? Well, I want to say three things are needed. First one, my sheep hear my voice. One, you've got to know your calling. Many people want to receive certain callings. I mean, if I say God chose me and by, only by his grace to move in miracles, which I'm so pleased and uh, uh, I'm so grateful. It's a lovely gift that God has given me. And, uh, but there are many people who say, well, I want to do miracles. Well, there's many gifts. There's gifts of giving, giving money to, for the church and the gospel. There's not many people ever come up to me and say, can you pray for me to have the gift of giving? Or something like that. But no, they want, everybody wants something dramatic. And uh, for whatever, they 
if you want to do that, then it's you to the flesh that's doing that. So one, you've got to know your calling. You've got to know what God has called you to do. My sheep hear my voice. So you'll know what you've been called to do. The second one, you've got to know your anointing. Not just for wishful thinking. You've got to know what God has anointed you to do. Then you can speak his word. You see, many people speak his word, but nothing happens because he's got no anointing with it. But when you speak his word, there is anointing. That's particularly the same on the opposite side, because when a man of God who's been anointed and he can speak and, and says something, some people get cut to the heart as though you curse them. Well, it becomes like that because the word comes with the anointing. And if the person's wrong, they've got to change. So three things are needed. We have to hear his voice, know your calling, know your anointing, not just wishful thinking, and you need to speak his word. And all I want to say then is stand back and see the result of your faith. Well, that's something for you. If you can take half of that in, and think about it. I pray that everybody who listens to it will search their heart today and see what God is calling them to do. If God's called you to do the same, well, then it'll be the same. Whatever God's called you to do, there will be anointing on it if he's anointed you to do it, whatever it may be. So remember, all the gifts Uh, of the Holy Spirit and there's there's many gifts there's gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing gifts of miracles gifts of interpretation of tongues gifts of speaking in tongues there's many gifts and and it says it's the greatest gift of love now what's the point of having a gift of healing and miracles if you don't love the person waste of time just to show you power wife power, no first of all you've got to love the people, and then the, I believe the gift works through the love that's in you for the people to build the kingdom of God. But first of all, most of all, it has to be, you have to have a love for God. And that's what I believe is the answer to this message. So, yes, my message today is, I better call it, just speak my word, otherwise it'd be confusing with Shannon's message. Just speak my word. Amen. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that it is. Just speak my word. Praise God. Hey, it's a good message, Brother David. Uh, Brother David, also, I got your video, and uh, I just posted it up on my Facebook wall. And, yeah. Uh, with your website and um, contact info. Uh, p- powerful testimony tonight. Uh, Brother David, um, what is your schedule of services over there? How can people reach you and support your ministry? Well, they can reach me on my um um, my website is called dwmmi.org which stands for David William Measures Ministries International.org they can support my ministry by please uh, donating to my uh, um, 
my PayPal account also on there is there a, um, you can do it by not only by PayPal but you can do it by card and uh, that is obviously better you can send it through that and um, however you want to do it you can send it from that you can buy some of my books and my teachings um, what I've got on there and you can buy them and, and pay for it on there as well you can come and you can send me an email which is david at dwmmi.org and you can also contact me at my church which is called yesterday today and forever and the main meetings which we have is on a sunday morning at half past 10 and i do regular three monthly deliverance conferences uh, where we pray with people and teach and pray with people and it's a wonderful day out uh, the ladies of church put on a wonderful meal for everybody and you get teachings from 10 o'clock until half past 4 and ministry afterwards and the next one is going to be on October the 7th so please come and visit us send me an email david at dwmmi.org look at the church website ytfchurch.co.uk and look at my personal website dwmmi.org that's plenty to go about i'm sure praise the lord also i've got lots of teachings on there lots of teachings on deception that's coming in the churches and you can read them and uh, and find an answer and how to get out of that mess you got yourself in amen brother david see you in a fortnight okay that'd be fine with me shannon i'll see you then we love you brother great god, word god bless you brother god bless bye you. bye folks coming up next eric ross and brother gary stafford stand by just a second and let me set up for the show and we're going to save this program if you're on mixlr be ready to refresh in just a moment okay here we go <laughs> 